Come Holy Spirit, who will give you permission to do what you desire. On this feast of Corpus Christi, pray that you would make our minds, hearts, and souls a fertile soil for your gospel. The word made flesh to bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate these scriptures and the great mysteries of the faith to us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Where does, do you want us to go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? Is a question that Jesus' disciples asked him as they had entered into Jerusalem during the Feast of Passover. Where do you want us to go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? You know, they knew that it wasn't that you just show up somewhere uh, and that the Passover is just there and kind of like drive through, whatever, you know, like here we are, okay, decided to get a little Passover meal, then let's go to Cane's or McDonald's, whatever, just drive through and here we are. They know there's great preparation for it. There's great preparation for this great feast of Passover of which they are commemorating and living and actually participating in the Lord setting the Israelites free from slavery in Egypt. When the Lord instituted the Passover, when they were, they were slaves in Egypt and saying, okay, look, here's the last plague, right? Here's what we're going to do, and you need to do this. You need to get a lamb, slaughter the lamb, roast the lamb, right? Eat the lamb, put the blood on the doorpost, and then keep this as a memorial. Keep this as a memorial. And for the Jewish people, we've said this before, the memorial is not just I'm remembering what happened. It's not just a nice memory, but a liturgical memorial especially is that we are entering into this reality. It's this mystical place where heaven and earth meet and time and space like, are penetrated by the mystery of God. And so today, when those who still celebrate the Passover... Jewish people, they celebrate it as if they are the ones being set free today. It's not just remembering what God did, but it's like, Lord, you are setting us free today. And, and Jesus, when he enters in to celebrate this feast of Passover, what the church tells us, right, is that he instituted the new covenant and the new Passover, which now is the Holy Eucharist, which we come to Every single Sunday, and many on multiple times through the week, to remember, to participate, to give thanks, to enter into this mystery of Christ, offer him himself as the Lamb of God for our salvation. And so they are saying to him, they know, like this Passover, okay, where do you want us to go to prepare the Passover? And so he sends them. He says, go into the city and you will find a man carrying a jar of water. Well, why does that matter? Why didn't he say, hey, you're going to find a guy in a red hat? 
You're going to find a guy carrying a jar of water and then follow him. He will take you to the upper room. And so he follows this guy with the jar of water. They go to the upper room. They prepare the Passover. And then at the Passover, and we, I'm not going to go into all the details. I've mentioned this before. It's the, the fourth cup, the, the wedding feast of the lamb, where there are things that are different about this Passover with Christ. There's, there's no actual lamb. Jesus himself is the lamb. Where normally they would eat the flesh of the lamb, Jesus takes the unleavened bread and says, this is my body. And any of them, they're Jewish, they're Jewish they, they would have celebrated the Passover year after year after year. This would have been like, hey, what? time out, time out, time out. Jesus, you're doing this wrong. Where's the lamb? No, this is my body. And then maybe at that moment, the Holy Spirit, right, is in their memory. He's like, oh, Andrew and John, do you remember that when Jesus walked by, John the Baptist, and, and he wanted to point out Jesus to you, he didn't say, hey, look, the Messiah. What did he say? He said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Like pointing to the true Lamb. Year after year, they sacrificed lambs. And on this day, the Passover says, on the first day of the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, on that day, when thousands of lambs were being sacrificed in the temple, when their blood was being poured out, when they would leave from the temple with a wooden stake down their back and across their front legs on a cross. Like they would, they would slaughter the lambs and they would be taking them back to their homes with a stake down its back and a stake across its front legs. It's like on a cross to go roast it, to consume this lamb. But in place of it, Jesus says, this is my body. And then maybe the Holy Spirit is also reminding them, oh, you remember when he was preaching and he told people that he was the true bread from heaven? That in order to have life within you, that we had to eat and drink his body and blood. And people were leaving. And we even thought he was crazy. And then he turns to us and he says, are you two going to leave? And after a 20-minute pause, after we all thought about running away, and Peter says, Lord, where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and are convinced that you are the Holy One of God. So no, we don't understand what you're saying. We're here. Maybe all this is swirling through their heads. And then he gives them the most holy Eucharist, himself, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Then he gives them, again, this Eucharist in, in the form of bread, in the form of wine, but it is Christ himself. And where are they celebrating this? is in the guest room, in the upper room that is furnished and ready. The question that I was praying with coming into this mass, coming into this feast of the most holy body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ is really asking this question. Lord, where do you want me to go to prepare to eat? to celebrate the Passover with you? Where do I need to go? Lord, where do you want to celebrate it? And if, you know, I just came back a week ago 
from preaching and directing uh, some of the missionaries of charity on retreat. And one thing in every single sacristy, the place where the priest prepares to celebrate Mass, in every single sacristy, there's there, this kind of, it's, it's, this, everything in the missionary charity is simple, right? So it's just like this sheet of paper and one of those clear plastic things taped to the wall. And it says, priest of God, celebrate this Mass as if it were your first Mass, your last Mass, and your only Mass. And it wasn't new to me to see that because I visited the Missionary Chapel, Charity Chapel here in Baton Rouge many times and as a seminarian, as a priest. But it continued to strike me. Mother, Mother Teresa wanted every priest to know that he was going to celebrate Mass. Why? Because it's easy to become too familiar. Easy to become too familiar. Celebrate this Mass as if it were your first Mass, your last Mass, your only Mass. Where, Lord, do you want me to prepare the Passover for you? And the Lord is like, in your upper room, in your heart, in your soul. This is where I want to come and celebrate the Eucharist. Because brothers and sisters, when we come here and Mass is celebrated and the ordained priest says the words of Jesus Christ, the bread and wine is no longer bread and wine. It becomes the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. And the truth is that when we come to receive him, that is who we are receiving. It is who we are receiving. And how we are prepared to receive him means a lot. Because if we come just as if going through the motions, then it has no impact on our life. No impact. Actually, if we come, right, not in a state of grace, are not discerning right now with proper faith. St. Paul says if we do not discern the body and blood of Jesus or we drink and eat unworthily, we are eating and drinking condemnation upon ourselves. This is St. Paul. This is the scriptures. Like if we don't discern, meaning like if we don't believe with faith, that that's who this is, or we do so not in a state of grace, then we eat and drink condemnation. Not only does it not have a positive effect, but it has a negative effect on us. I don't say this, like, and the church doesn't say this, St. Paul doesn't say this because, like, he's mean. Say this out of great love and charity for our souls. 
Because what the Lord desires is that we come prepared. And we shouldn't receive this as like heavy, right? That water of that that jar of water, what is that jar of water? It's symbolic of baptism, which is a free gift. No one earns baptism. No one earns grace. No one earns the Eucharist. And as we are washed in the waters of baptism, we are washed in the blood of the Lamb. And then as we live our life, right, with this Holy Trinity dwelling within our souls, then, then as if we commit what St. John tells us in the scriptures is, is deadly sin or mortal sin, then we've We've cut off the life of grace in our souls. And again, St. John is telling us that. The Lord is telling us that. Not because he's mean. Not because he's like, ah, like you guys are like super rigid or whatever. It's like, no, like we want you to go to heaven. (laughs) We care about your souls. It's like a doctor telling someone, hey, you have a serious illness. And we can treat it. It's actually really simple treatment, but if we don't treat it, you're going to die. And so this is the church is saying here, right? It's like this, like, hey, have a soul that is prepared. And it's super easy. All, all, like, again, when we're in that state, it's like, Lord, I'm a sinner in need of your mercy. And we go to the sacrament of reconciliation and we receive absolution and boom, healing, grace, preparation. But then it's not just about staying in a state of grace, right? But like, where is my mind and my heart? Am I praying through the scriptures? Am I asking the Holy Spirit for faith? Because faith is first a gift from God and then my cooperation. It 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 is together. God moves first, but I have to cooperate. Am I studying about the Eucharist so that I can understand more of not only what it is, but who it is? And that I come with a hungry soul. That I come with great faith. So staying in a state of grace, right? Praying of works of charity, which are helping, maybe some fasting, which are helping purify my mind and my heart here. And this disposition, and even as I come to receive him, to do so with great reverence, this preparing the soul so that the deeper our disposition, you know, the church's Second Vatican Council said this active participation, this active participation is not just being here or like reading at mass or serving. We can read or we can serve and our mind and our heart can be a million different places. I can celebrate the mass and my mind and my heart can be a million different places. But active participation is, Lord, in my heart and soul, I am opening to you. I am hungry for you. That the church says that our minds are in accord with our voice. Like as we're praying through the mass, that I'm not just saying the words, but my mind and heart are in accord. They're in a communion. And hey, we're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Plenty of times I'm celebrating the mass and I'm thinking like, oh no, I forgot to do that thing. Oh my gosh. Oh, and actually that person is right there in the congregation. You're like, Father, you didn't, you didn't call me back. Oh, so embarrassing. <laughs> Dang it. And they're like, okay, don't think about that. You can, you can be embarrassed after Mass, right? But right now, bring, try to bring, willfully bringing your heart back. 
to what's going on, willfully bringing your mind back to what's going on. And yes, we'll get distracted, but just preparing. And if and in this preparing is all throughout the week of praying, of sacrificing, of offering ourselves so that when we come, whether we're feeling it or not, it is like the upper room and our soul is prepared. And throughout our life, like there's a, there's a continual preparation, a deepening of preparation so that when we receive him, the fruits, the fruits in our souls are great. And our hearts are configured to Jesus. And then we leave here, and what's important as we leave here is that we discern the body of Christ in every person that we meet. And we treat them accordingly. Whatever you have done to the least of my brothers and sisters, you have done unto me. And whatever you have not done to the least of my brothers and sisters, you have not done to me. That as we're preparing for the Eucharist and have a fruitful reception here, it needs to find its movement out into the world that we see and encounter everyone we see as Jesus and love them as Christ. So let us pray, let us study, let us sacrifice, let us do acts of charity, and let us come with a disposition that is open in a state of grace, confessing our sins as we need to receive fruitfully Christ in the Blessed Sacrament. Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? He will show you a large upper room furnished and ready. Make the preparations for us there. This large room is our souls. Let us make the preparations for the most holy Eucharist. And the Lord speaks to us, this is my body given up for you. This is my blood shed for you. That we will come with faith and that it will bear great fruit in our life. Let us celebrate this mass in every mass as if it were our first mass, our last mass, and our only Mass.